What's up, everybody, and welcome into Pace the Nation. We are back broadcasting from Studio 1A here in downtown Arlington, Virginia, in the heart of Arlington County in Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode number 71, and back in studio. Very excited to have a full crew to my right, of course, it's Joanna Russo. Joanna, what's up? Chris, I thought you said if we made it to September that it would be cool. It is. Well, well, there was a few days that were that were cooler. I didn't. I wasn't here. It, it is cool. I was going to say it is cool by the time this uh, this podcast hits the airways on Monday. I That's believe, hopeful. I believe it's going to be in the 80s, maybe in the high 70s. And I know you're looking forward to that with less humidity, which I know you really, really can't wait for. But mm-hmm. uh, we are almost there, Joanna. Almost there. Also to my left, it's our other co-host. It's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Uh, should I talk about the weather as well? Uh, no, no, that's kind of like g- generally like filler mm-hmm. conversation. We the don't weather need... is very important to me. I know it is. It's generally <laughs> like if you got nothing else to talk about. I had to drop my car off at the service station today, okay. uh, and then I walked back, and there was a, a traffic guard for the school, mm-hmm. and I had to you know have one of those awkward conversations with her, and I and I was like. Boy, it's getting hot today, huh? Yeah, so, hot one today. So you're saying, yeah. So we, and then of course the response is like, boy, the humidity. You know, it's like it's just filler back and yeah. forth. You know that you both can like relate to it a little mm-hmm. bit, mm-hmm. but we don't have it's, to fill here on the show today. We got well, a I think, big, huge show to get to. I think we're talking weather because we haven't seen each other in two weeks. That's true. Uh, so. so we're like, it's it's awkward conversation yeah. again. Yeah, right. So That's true. We about that, break each about other that weather. Uh, no, but we can talk. We've got so much to talk about. So we can table mm-hmm. the weather. Okay. Uh, hopefully we don't discuss the weather again this show because mm. it is a big show to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to talk about Joanna's trip to the West Coast. Uh, Docs was dog-sitting. Uh, mm-hmm. and I had a baby. Mm-hmm. Well, Julie had the baby, mm-hmm. but all those things I want to kind of get into. Uh, also today, very excited to be joined by Robert Johnson, the owner and founder of let's run.com. He, he and his twin brother, Weldon, uh, have a, a website that has a cult following. It really is amazing. They've been doing it since 2000. It's called let's run.com. Their, their tagline is, uh, where your dreams become reality mm-hmm. we'll ask them about that and all things let's run.com later on in this program let's ask if they stole that where where were they have stolen it from like a robin williams film oh, okay <laughs> i don't i i don't I, I don't know the reference other than let's maybe run. they didn't com. Maybe, maybe they made it up i don't maybe, know maybe robin williams stole it from them you know another nice thing about starting your website in 2000 mm-hmm. really easy to calculate your anniversary each year that's true that is very true. That's true. Yeah. So they've been so, in the biz 16 years. Yeah, let's thank them for that. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the reason why they started he, it then. He made your job easier today as, as a, the host. The, the radio math or the podcasting math mm-hmm. is never easy unless it's very simple. Unless it's easy. numbers like that. Unless it's easy. <laughs> it's never easy right. unless it's easy. Right. Uh, Yogi Berra on the show today. Right. So Robert Johnson, excited to be joined by him. He lives in Baltimore, so he's going to make a, an appearance in studio. So that's really cool of him taking the time uh, to uh, make the trek uh, down here from Baltimore. I don't know what he does all day, so maybe mm-hmm. it isn't that difficult for him. But uh, we'll, they have Wi-Fi on those trains. We'll, we'll ask him. I think he is actually actually driving. So mm. I don't know. 
Uh, so lots to talk to to uh, Robert about. We'll talk about uh, the Olympics, and this will will put a nice bow on the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening to our Olympic recap uh, last week, and many more things uh, with Robert Johnson, the owner and co-founder of Let's Run dot com. So I had a the the baby. Or, again, Julie had the baby last uh-huh. week, and uh, newsflash, it is a little harder <laughs> than, than uh, I had thought. And, uh, and what did you say, Joanna? It's, I mean, it's not like anyone could have warned you. Yeah, I know. Uh, weekend, I, I, you know, I thought uh, my cousin, a loyal listener, Carter, wanted to start uh, the hashtag, this baby isn't going to change me. <laughs> uh, for me and uh well i didn't run the first seven days that we were in the hospital i went to week. the hospital sunday baby born tuesday morning didn't run until the next monday i so, did so. offer you you just didn't take advantage of my offer you did yeah you did he offered uh to come in and stand in <laughs> he was gonna gonna bring a wig and stand in and mm-hmm. as farley why well, I, I snuck out for 45 minute to an hour run well i said i i get my chris farley wig and an ipad right right and then julie wouldn't notice she wouldn't <laughs> notice maybe you have yeah. an iphone in the other hand <laughs> yeah. yeah i should have taken you yeah. up on that because it was it was tougher to run i think it was tougher to run because there's just like not that there was anything pressing that needed to be done there's no but structure we was like hurry up and waiting and no structure of yeah. anything we didn't know when the baby was going to come. so And you need structure in your life. I do need structure. I need to know <laughs> when I'm going to run, when I'm going to podcast, and when I'm going to work the store. Uh-huh. And now the baby's like, all right, you're on my schedule. Uh-huh. Which probably people warned me about. Probably. Probably. But uh, uh, it's great. It's great. James Christopher Farley the fourth, born uh, August 30th at 7.30 in the morning. And it's crazy. Like We, we, we did the... Um, the the whole you know we had the whole uh, baby being born thing, and uh, they pulled the baby. Wait, what does that mean in well, the hospital? Yeah, you mean? in the hospital. Uh, yeah, you know, the no whole... no details either. Okay, right? yeah, thank you. But uh, so the baby's born, and they kind of wash him off or something. I don't know what they do. I was like about to pass out. Mm-hmm. I was having a harder time than Julie was. Were, were you up all night? Uh, mostly up all night. Yeah, uh-huh. mostly up all night. But. Uh, so they have we have the baby or she has the baby again we why you keep saying I that know, like, because I feel like I was really it was uh you know a whole from Sunday to Tuesday was tough on me too mm-hmm. people please please feel sorry for me no but I mean the the, the whole uh, we had a baby but then you keep saying you keep correcting yourself to say that she had the well baby. she did the hard work you know she did I, the heavy lifting I don't, I, I don't think that anyone is going to be confused about who actually gave birth <laughs> okay. to the baby but okay. you're yeah. you guys are a team in right. this so we I think you can continue saying we okay all right I was a team See, player. but here's here's the thing is like you, you say you keep correcting yourself when you say we there but like when the Redskins score a touchdown you're like we scored <laughs> a touchdown true. That's true. so that's why I'm wondering why you why you're choosing your words okay. carefully all right here. we're gonna continue on with we Pro- that's a good point probably because Kurt Cousins doesn't give you a hard time and, and right. Julie does correct that's you I'm true. just wondering that's true so <laughs> we have the baby the baby is washed off real quick the nurse is like grab me your iPhone uh, so I, I handed her my iPhone so I see him and really emotional you know whatever it's great uh-huh. great moment biggest moment in your life um, and nurse snaps a picture so the first time Julie actually sees the baby is on my iPhone so uh, or a picture of the baby so I thought that was kind of uh, whose decision was that the way the well 
uh, the nurse grabbed the phone. I, I was, I didn't know what to do. I was just uh-huh. following directions. Yeah. And then yeah. she sees our, our son, our newborn son on my iPhone, a picture, uh-huh. of, pick couple picture of him. So, well, she that's, the, that's fitting though. Yeah. It's just <laughs> the way that things are done these days. It's a little different, but she also saw, I mean, she saw the ultrasound. So that's actually yeah, the first time she saw yeah. it. That's true. But it was, it was, I mean, which also was a picture. Virginia, Virginia hospital was great. Um, you know, we have our own private room, like really good. We probably should have mm-hmm. stayed there longer. Now, in hindsight, we should have been in a rush to get out of there. Agreed. Uh, James Christopher Farley IV, born August 30th. Uh, he is nine pounds, one ounce. The doctor pulls him out, and she's, the doctor says, wow, we got ourselves a linebacker here. I was like, wow, that's the first thing that I heard. So mm-hmm. those are the things I remember, the, 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 the iPhone picture mm-hmm. and the linebacker. But we're we're very very happy, exhausted but very happy, and I have started running again. Mm-hmm. So just so everybody, you know. So it's not going to be a baby podcast now. No, no. Okay. So that we can talk about running because you're can. running again. I'm back back to running again. Okay. I'm going to try to do a workout today. So that was my week, and that's uh-huh. why we were kind of off last week, and we did the Olympic recap. But I know you guys had uh, a big week as well. Joanna off on uh, a vacation west. Looks like you went to uh, from the the pictures that were uh, sent via text message. Looks like you had some nice adventures in Utah and, and Seattle. Seattle. In Seattle, Utah yeah. and mm-hmm. Seattle. Yeah, how was how was the trip? Can I can I point one thing out yeah, first, please? Joanna goes on vacation for what ten days, eleven days, eleven yep. days, uh, and then she works one day, and now she's got a day off. <laughs> I'm working Seriously. tonight as well. <laughs> And what this, kind of operation this, are you running? This over is there? work, Docs. Newsflash: <laughs> what we're what, sitting in here with us is definitely work. No, but how how was the trip? Yeah, um, it was amazing. So, I mean, the weather in Seattle is always gorgeous, and Seattle was awesome. Um, Utah was amazing. I've never been to Utah before, so we were hiking in Arches and Canyonlands National Parks, which were just amazing. And for the first time in my life, I got to run at altitude. Nice, which I actually really enjoyed. I find it better than humidity. Wait, the first time in your life you ran at altitude? Yeah, I don't think I've ever run at altitude before. Mm-hmm. So we were at like 7,000 feet, and um, I, I, I've never run at altitude before. Did you? Did it hit you? No, not really. Did I'm, you approach the run differently? No, I actually felt really great. Like, I felt mm-hmm. slower, but I felt okay. Where in the humidity, I run slower, and I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. So I will take humidity any day. Now you're, you look like you're. Run- you mean altitude? Altitude. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I'll take well, altitude. Well, yeah. we're gonna <laughs> yeah. we're gonna copy that far yeah, and exactly. make that like. That's gonna be her uh, tagline from here on yeah, out. Yeah, I'll take humidity any yeah. day. Yeah, when we make t-shirts next year. <laughs> yep. Um, now you're running and look like pretty rural places. Mm-hmm. Um, were you attacked by any bears? Did you see any wildlife? Were you scared for your life at all out on the run? No. Well, I did see the Reverend so uh, on the plane ride out there, Ooh. so I was a little <laughs> concerned about bears, to be honest. So when we were in Utah, we wanted to get to the parks early, like at 7 a.m. So I got up at 5 to go for my run, and in 5 a.m. in D.C. is okay. There's streetlights, but right. 5 a.m. In, in the middle of nowhere is very, very dark. Mm-hmm. So um, Also, just for the math people, that's 3 a.m. D.C. time. It's true. <laughs> right. Yeah, 3 a.m. D.C. time. Probably lighter at 3 a.m. D.C. time than it is 5 a.m. their time. Well, I'm just saying, like, forget it. You no. want me to get up and do a, a long run right. at 3 in the morning. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, well, I also adjust really well to West Coast time. It's been a struggle for me to get back on East Coast time. 
Wow. I uh, I don't adjust to 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. very well. Right. I've been going through that this week, and I'm not adjusting well. I can tell you from experience. So that's impressive that you were up that early. All right. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh. I just wanted to do some math. There. Right. Okay. Well, so anyway, so when I was out there, it's very, very dark, and I, I didn't bring a headlamp, so I just had my cell phone flashlight. So I'm trying to just light the road in front of me. Wow. Um, but it's still really dark and you can't see like anything in the surrounding right. area. So anytime something would move or like I kind of noticed something out the corner of my eye, I was just certain it was a mountain lion because they'd warned mm-hmm. us there were mountain lions near. So I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's stalking me and it's just going to pounce and I'm going to die. And Joanna, what do you do when a mountain lion uh, attacks you? Um, well, if you see a mountain lion, you make yourself really big okay, okay. so that they're afraid of you. I don't uh, know what happens if they actually attack you. Just, I would play dead. She, she, uh, also just made herself really big in studio. <laughs> I, and I, how big, I mean, what do you just put your arms out and your legs out? I mean, that's- I would make a lot. My, my plan was I had my light. Like I was just going to like go crazy with the light and like make uh-huh. my arms really big and okay. then just make a lot of noise. You had a plan for this. I nice. had a plan. I was ready. Well, glad you didn't get uh, attacked by bears or mountain lions. You are? Don't you think that would have made a better, yeah, better show? Made a, made a better story. And, and you're back, hating the humidity. Yeah, that's true. But we're true. not going to talk much more weather. We've, we've covered the weather. Mm-hmm. You promised we wouldn't well, talk right. about the weather that's anymore. True. You broke that promise that's to true. our listeners. So, Docs, you were, uh-huh. uh, you were here and you were dog-sitting. How was, uh, how was the, uh, the week for you? Oh, yeah. I watched uh, Luigi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now my lawyers are writing up contracts for shared custody. <laughs> he was in. He really enjoyed. I wonder if Luigi enjoyed it as much as Docs enjoyed. Oh, watching. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. He yeah. had a good time. Yeah. We we hung out. We we go on walks every day. Nice. Um, he, some days he would tell me like he would be like, "Dude, what are you doing?" A- actually, that's the thing. In the morning, he was like, as soon as the sun comes up, he he does not like wasting sunlight. <laughs> he's yeah. just like he sees me sleeping the sun's up and he just can't comprehend it he's like what are you doing just like the like his owner yeah yeah well but i want i i wonder uh if joanna wakes up early before luigi or if luigi influenced joanna probably joanna influenced luigi i think that's what do you the think? way it, the relationship worked um, well, I was already a morning person before I got yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and you he, him. well, he did used to get up early when I first got him. He would wake up at like 4am Yeah, and now he sleeps like another hour. Well, let's continue with the dog podcast. Cause you uh-huh. know, what would this show be without uh dog conversation? Yeah. Oh, right. London and Luigi. Yeah, met, they right? got together. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. So docs was taking, uh, Luigi to the dog park and every day I do every day he was doing it. And, one day I go to the dog. One of my first times out after James was born mm-hmm. was taking. I was taking <laughs> oh, yeah. London out yeah. to the dog park, and I see London kind of jumping on this guy mm-hmm. who was on his phone, obviously in a serious work conversation yeah. on his phone in the dog park. And I'm like, "Wow, London is 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 like really interested or excited to see this guy because she's really wagging her tail." I'm like, "London, get down, get down!" And then I realize it's Docs. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. so London met Docs, you know, 20, 30 times, but obviously recognized him and knows who he was and was excited to see him, which is amazing in a whole, in its own Given that right. there were 100 people in the there park. There was literally 100 people in yeah. this, the busiest dog park in all the world. So <laughs> so she is uh, she is jumping on him, and, and Docs is kind of like pushing her down, just totally oblivious, like in this, you know, in the middle of this work call. He's right. 
And so I see him, and I said, well, that's, that's Doc's. And I realize he doesn't see me, so I text him. I say, hey, do you want to go to the dog park? Didn't get the text. It does, doesn't get the text. Oblivious to everything. I'm walking like five feet from him, oblivious to uh, I'm petting Luigi. He's totally like, on the phone, oblivious to the world still. So I'd be careful about that yeah. part's not your true. dog. That part's yeah. not true. Yeah. I saw uh, I was on the phone, and London was jumping up on me, and my, my thought was, Hey, this is just like Farley's dog, except smaller. I'm gonna and I'm gonna file that away and tell him later that there was another dog just like his dog, only yep. smaller. So it's a huge dog park. <laughs> uh, so I guess it was perspective. So I, I didn't really recognize her, and then she jumped on me a couple times. But I did notice. I was like, I I, I was keeping my eye on you, but you had your back to me, and right. I and I was in this serious conversation, and I was like, this what is this guy? He's like taking his phone like who's who's got their phone out taking all these pictures of their dogs i was like this guy's such a weirdo i was trying to take pictures uh, of the two dogs together yeah i was like this guy's such a weirdo and i and i had i had my both my eyes on the situation but just trying to see like what what is this guy doing so i i was aware of that i just didn't know it was you like i i, I didn't have the full capacity to realize it was you and then the dogs are running off. I'm like, all right, so whatever. I'm back on my phone. And like a couple of minutes later, you turned around and I and I looked at you, and I w- literally I was like, oh, Farley. This is ten minutes after yeah, I've seen him. We've been there for like he ten had minutes. This realization. Wow. Yeah. Pretty funny. So uh, we- I, I did th- I did specifically say, guys, who is that weirdo taking pictures of? This many pictures of the of dogs. I was trying to get the two together, and we did get a good picture mm-hmm. of the two together. And yeah. we will tweet since this is partly a, a dog, dog podcast. Uh, yeah. We will tweet out that picture. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Pace the Nation. We'll tweet out a picture of both Luigi and London together. They were friends at the dog park. They were, and they 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 got along pretty well. I was surprised they're, they're the same size. They are pretty much the same size i i really thought that london was way bigger than london luigi. was supposed to be bigger but she's she's kind of ended up at around 50 pounds how big is luigi yeah he he's 49 to 52 pounds yeah so about the same about the same weight class yeah. so uh yeah so that was um london london smoked cigarettes <laughs> uh which is which stunted her growth it, it i think it might have because mm-hmm. her brothers are about 80 pounds so mm. who, who who knows but uh that's the dog update uh glad that we were able to share that with the audience i know everybody was waiting uh mm-hmm. dying for that update mm-hmm. so there you go all right we're gonna get back to running guys next up excited to be joined by the founder and owner of Let's Run.com. It's Robert Johnson. He's going to join us in studio here on Pace Nation next. All right, welcome back to the program. And now excited to be joined by Robert Johnson, the co-founder of the website Let's Run.com. Robert, what's up? How are you, man? Doing good. Thanks for thanks uh, for making the big question is how are you? Congratulations! Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I uh, just covered it right before you came in to the studio here, and yeah, things are good. A little harder than I expected, but uh, I, I think I underestimated. I thought it'd be out running. I thought it'd be out working. Didn't run for a whole week, which you know it's fine. But for me, I was like, I'm going to run every single day. This baby is not going to change me, but uh, it uh, that hasn't been the case so far. But he's great. Things are great. Julie's doing doing well. Uh, she's excited to be back, uh, at least 
getting closer to being able to run, I think she's more excited about being able to drink regularly <laughs> than, than run, but both drink and run. So, no, things are good. Thanks for asking. Uh, you made the uh, trek from from Baltimore. We appreciate you making the trek down here. And we were talking just before you, um, and we'll get into Let's Run and, and the Olympics and, and a lot of things running, but we were just talking about uh, your fandom of the Orioles. Have you always been an Orioles fan? No, I have not. I have to confess, I was. I grew up a Texas Rangers fan. Okay. Big baseball fan. My, my uh, used to take the bus out to Arlington. You know, it's halfway between Dallas and, and Fort Worth. I grew up in Dallas. So. Yep. Um, and then I would say there was about six or seven years ago when I was living in upstate New York, coaching at Cornell University. I had a guy living in my house, and he was watching a Yankees game. And I hadn't watched a baseball game probably in 10 years. When they had that big strike, and yep. I just that was it for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who would ever watch a regular season baseball game? <laughs> and, you know, fast forward seven years ago, um, seven years later, I'm watching probably, uh, I'd say, 140 a year. Every time, I'm, I, I watch pretty much every game unless I'm at a track meet. Wow. All right, so you um – you know, you're a runner, obviously, before uh, Let'sRun.com. Tell us a little history of of your running background and the Marine Corps Marathon and your experience during the Marine Corps Marathon as we, you know, we are here in Washington, D.C., and a lot of our listeners are getting ready and geared up for the Marine Corps Marathon this fall. Yeah, I always say my uh, my whole running experience is basically I'm, I'm Weldon Johnson's brother. I have a twin <laughs> brother named Weldon. Right, right. He was really good at running, almost made the Olympics. Um you know, I mean, I think we started running. I mean, I remember doing those physical fitness tests in, like, junior high, and, and we were, you know, elementary school. We were good at that, so we knew we were kind of running. They, they had cross country. So we did that in high school. I was injured a lot. Um, you know, my, my brother didn't get hurt. I, I, I claim it's because he was lazy. He didn't train very much. So <laughs> right. I would go from zero miles a week in the summer. It was really hot in Texas. And then the season would start, and I'd try to run, like, six, seven miles a day and get hurt. Um, so, uh, but after college, when, when we were living in DC, actually, you know, my brother had graduated from college and wanted to keep running, wanted to do a marathon. Um, in college he had run, you know, pretty fast for college, but you know, nothing like Olympic trials level or anything like that. And I uh, just kept running after work and decided to do a marathon. And, um, actually his first marathon was the 1998 Marine Corps marathon really? and, he, and he won it. Wow. So, uh, that was pretty exciting living in DC. Um, yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, r- winning Marine Corps around here is a big deal. Yeah. He was on like headline news. You remember the, <laughs> remember how they used before the internet, they used to have like yeah. the 20 sports every 30 minutes, yeah. he, he 28 was, and 58. Yeah, yeah. He was on that. Wow. And the way they presented it, even on the local media too, but it, I think it might've been headline news. The lady's like. And today in D.C., a man had never run a marathon, but he ran one, and he won it. You know, you would have thought that he didn't train at all. He just right. decided, he woke up, and it's like, it looks like there's a race down there. I'm going to go win it. Hop in, right? So um, because I had my genetic equal, we're twins, was doing pretty well. And you well. guys are identical twins, right? Yeah. So, so you should be every bit of the uh, runner that Weldon is. Exactly. And I, used, I, I was beating him in ninth grade before okay. my injury, so I always claim that I'm the more talented one. Right. I'm not sure that's true, but... Right. Um, so I was, I was actually really getting into it, but you know, in college, my, 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 my brother ran and my roommates all ran, but they kind of just viewed me as the guy that showed up at the, at the track parties and stuff like that. Um, so when I was training here, I just decided, I really decided that I would give myself one year, like, Hey, I'm going to do everything I can to be a good runner for one year. And if I think I can get, you know, to that level that maybe my brother's at, then I'll really go for it. And if not, I'll just, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. be a little bit more recreational about it. So I was training, um, and then actually I tried to 
keep the Marine Corps victory in the family the next year in 99, but okay. I came up a little bit short, but I think I was like the first DC finisher. Wow. Okay. Got, I got a big uh, trophy of some nice. sort. What, what, what was your time? Um, I don't know. Maybe around 225 or something. Yeah, see, so, I mean, it's... It's it's pretty solid, and uh, I wonder we should look that up on Wikipedia yeah, or something because yeah. my brother won, but it was really hot, and he had he his claim to fame was the slowest winning time in history. So we would make fun of him if he tried to you know. So he probably didn't run too much faster in two twenty five, yeah, right. but wow! So that's was that your fastest marathon? Ever. Uh, that was 99 and then yeah. 2000 I really my whole goal my whole goal like even when I was injured in college and thought about going out for the team which I never did so you you were at Princeton but didn't run at yeah Princeton. my okay. claim to fame in college was I won the intramural mile championship <laughs> nice nice so in 1998 Weldon Johnson ran a 22531 wow so we'll have to see what Rob we'll, yeah we'll have to see what Rob 99 I don't know yeah. I, I was like I think I was slower than that. Okay, a little slower, but but it did spur you on to run another marathon. Yeah, I really wanted to make yeah. the Olympic trials. I mean, even yeah. I remember at one point in college, like I think junior year, I was going to go out for the team, and I'm like, okay, I'll be JV first year, maybe I can make the varsity the next year. I mean, it, running that's the beauty thing about running; it doesn't matter what level you're at, there's always another goal to to set. Yeah. But my ultimate goal, because my brother had run like a thirty thirty ten k at that point, and I thought, well. You know, what does that make for a marathon? <laughs> I thought, well, I can make the Olympic trials in the marathon. Like, that was my ultimate goal, which was 222 at the time. Now it's much faster. Right. So I, I ran 223 in the marathon, wow. which really was <laughs> too bad. Um, but my twin was great. That was in the Vegas marathon in 2000. Um, he ran the entire race as he was. I mean, he had the Olympic trials himself in a few months. He ran all 26 miles, like right next to me. Wow. Um, and they mismeasured the course, which don't get me started. It drove me right. nuts because I was like right on pace. And then one mile was really slow. Like I was right. running like 525 miles. And all of a sudden it was like right when it gets hard at mile 20. It was like a six minute mile. Oh, that's devastating. Yeah. Yeah. My brother's like, don't worry. Maybe they mismeasured it. And I'm like, yeah. no way. But right. they did because the next mile was like a five minute mile. So. <laughs> uh. Well, two twenty three is a solid time. So you're a, a solid runner in your own right. So you I used to be. Than, I, oh, yeah, I don't right. think I could do double right. that right now. <laughs> right. Well, I did see a video of you running at some like media. Di- it looked like a Diamond League meet and some like all comers media eight hundred. The World meters. Championships every year they have a media eight hundred. Is okay. a highlight. And yeah. I, I struggled. You look pretty. You look pretty good. You're, I mean, it was it was a two thirty uh, half. I don't half know mile. if you compared me myself to my brother. We're no longer identical. I have another <laughs> twenty twenty five pounds packed right. on my <laughs> scrawny. Well, you uh, so you, you you did the running thing. Obviously, ran fast, but started this website in two thousand called Let's Run dot com. And did you guys have any idea? What you were starting when you started it back then, 16 years ago? Not at all. I mean, I think that I was asking my brother on the way down in the car today, what were we thinking? And, you know, I think it was just really the Internet was new. I mean, in, in 2000, so I just, after that 223 marathon, I, I, we had quit our jobs, and my brother was going to run the Olympic trials in May, and it was January. So, um, you know, he would move to Flagstaff, Arizona. We were just going all in on the running for three or four months, and then we're going to go back to the real world. And um, you can't run all day. So we were kind of bored, to be honest. It's like, you know, you run for two hours a day max, maybe massage right. three and <laughs> ice bath four, and then what are you going to do? So the Internet was new, and we just we didn't like what was out there. We felt like this, you know, we wanted to, you know, you had magazines, you know, Runner's World, um, Track and Field News, but and the Internet is instant, and there was nothing right. providing instant running news. And we really also believed very strongly in the coaching of our coach, John Kellogg, and we didn't think that, that there was good, any good coaching out there. So we wanted to get his message out there and also sort of 
cover elite running on a daily basis. So you guys, you went to Princeton, your brother went to Yale, so you guys must have been stud, like, what was the programmer at the time? Docs, you might have to help me out, like HTML studs, um, programmers, or did I, you have that in your repertoire? No, or my was? brother got a, bought a book, an HTML book. <laughs> okay, there you and, go. And um, somehow figured it out. I pretty much just waited for the website to start. Right. <laughs> Um, I gotta give him all the credit, credit on for that. On that, I still claim I started came up with a name. Oh, but, okay. I was gonna ask about the name. Yeah, how'd you come up with the name? Oh, well, that's a fight. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's because you know Apple was kind of popular, like i iMac. Yeah, I I tried. I looked at I. I remember looking at I Run. It didn't mm-hmm. exist. So then I thought, well, let's run. Um, it really is a great name. So it is. And well, and what about the tagline where your dreams become a reality? Where'd that come from? Um. Well, I think just we were really optimistic. I mean, my brother was sort of a mediocre college runner who was, you know, never better than fifth in the Ivy League in his conference, um, who ended up getting fourth professionally, almost making the Olympics. I mean, the top three make the Olympics. So, like, he had gone to gum from this guy that wasn't any good to was on the cusp of something great. So we really believed, like, wow, if you train right and work hard, like, the sky's the limit. Um, I'd say over the last 15 years, I'm a little bit more jaded. Like, <laughs> Like he didn't make the Olympics, right. so maybe where your dreams don't become reality, right. or they almost become reality. But um, I, I, I was definitely really like just full of love for the sport, and you know the, the idea that if you work harder, something's you know possible. Any any chance you guys are going to rebrand that tagline? Um, I thought we should always like occasionally we'll change it. I mean, apparently my brothers now figured out we could change it like every day if we wanted to. Right. Um, you know, I thought about maybe selling like happy birthday or <laughs> congratulations, new dad. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, but I, I kind of thought about doing like the sports front page because I really think of the site now as like, you know, during the Olympics, you know, the Washington Post, I'm sure, did a good job, pretty good job of covering. They've got a great sports page of covering the Olympics. But yeah. what I tell people now when I say I have this website, you know, the average person, I'm like, Look, that stuff goes on all the time, not just during the Olympics. So, where would you f- follow it? You would come to our website, and really, it's like the you know, it's like the sports page for running, but it's on a daily basis. Well, how would you describe your website for somebody who's never visited it? Um, I would say it's just sort of the you know the front page for running in the sense of if you're into like who's going to win the Olympics, who's going to win the New York Marathon, who's going to win the Boston Marathon. Um, you can go to the front page and you'll get that. But there's also a big community there of people who are into running. And you don't have to be super fast. You just got to be into following the Kenyans or following Matt Centrowitz or following Julie Culley. And, you know, you get that news. But on the message board, you can talk about anything. You can talk about, hey, my Achilles hurts. Help me out. Or, you know, like, uh, you know, you can talk about politics. It's a little controversial. <laughs> right. but, you know. I think well, one of the, the threads today is uh, Trump and Hillary in a foot race. Who wins? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get into the message board. I want to I want to table the message board because the message board is a whole thing. And I, I, I got to say, Robert, I mean, I, I got to give you guys credit for being the pioneers and like information sharing because, you know, we went to Docs and I went to college and ran at UVA together. And, you know, there wasn't the information sharing. We graduated in. Yeah, should I even say we graduated? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, but there wasn't. We didn't know what the other teams in the ACC were doing. We didn't know how much mileage. We didn't know the training pro. We knew what our coach told us, and I think you guys did a great job of showing what elites did, showing what other people can do, and Weldon training 140 miles a week. I would have never thought that was possible when I was in college. I, I, I think even not even just college, but. I was lucky. My high school cross-country coach was probably the best in the state. Yep. And then when I got to college and talked to all these other guys that are running at this level in college and finding out what they were doing in high school was crazy. 
Like where you'd have like, oh, well, the gym teacher right. wanted to make an extra three grand in the fall, <laughs> right. so they're like, they're not really training. And I think kids today uh, are are have access to stuff like your site, and they're they're you know they're able to see what other people are doing, and even coaches are able to 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 go out and see what what things are going on. So I think not just for like people at the college level, but at all levels. Yeah. And then it, it goes beyond college too. You see, you go on the web, you know, and you see people saying, Hey, I'm going to try to run my first marathon, you know, and you can get some, some advice there. So it's just sharing it at, at all different levels. I think. Was that your goal? Did you, is that what you guys vision for the site? Um, I mean, I think we did realize that a lot of people I mean, the internet, I mean, because before that there was like an email listserv from Oregon that we were on. We, I did, I think we did understand that. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people with a lot of information to share it. So the message no board, place to go. They right. Had no place to go. So, I mean, it's weird. Like the message board initially was kind of the whole site. Like right now we write a lot of coverage and we do, you know, we have, you know, full-time writers that, you know, go to meets and go to the Olympics and, and write articles. Back then we didn't do a lot of coverage ourselves. It was mainly the message boards. It was mainly you. And, you know, it's like, I mean, back then it was all about the information. It was like, who's at the stuff wasn't even on TV or on the internet. So it's like, who's at the Olympic trials and what happened in the first heat? I mean, that information was like mind blowing. And now it's, there's so much information has kind of changed in the sense of we're almost filtering out the mm -hmm. information. I mean, when I was in college, I used to cut out articles from runner's world. You, you'd, you'd say like this Kenyan did, you know, this is, he'd have one page and like, you know, this is the workouts he did. And you're like, wow. Yeah. Whereas now you could type in any runner in the world and probably see them in practice on YouTube. <laughs> right, or, right. Right. You know, it's kind of crazy. Like, um, so yeah, I, I think the information has changed, but I kind of miss those days now Right. when you didn't know. I mean, the mystery of like, you would show up at a track meet and you didn't really know, like, I mean, nowadays, and I think that's one of the things with the sports troubles people, when's it going to be popular like football? And I'm like, it's not, it's just not, there's not as much mystery about it because if you, if you know everything about the 10 people in the race, you pretty much know who's probably going to finish win. first or second. Right. You know, not always. I mean, there's an upset and you can yep. fall, but there's no interceptions in running. There's no fumbles. <laughs> right. right. So. so we had Bob Kennedy on the program a few episodes back, and he said, you know, zero medals in 96, zero medals in 2000, whereas we had seven medals here. In from, distance events. In distance events from 800 above for, for the U.S., which is, is absolutely incredible when you think of from where we've been when your site started in 2000 to where we are now in 2016, where the U.S. is now in 2016 in distance running. And there's like this, like you, your site paralleled the success. Do you guys want to take credit for it? <laughs> All of it. Yeah, I, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, not really. I mean, I mean, I think the information getting out there was huge. I mean, I, I think whether if we'd been done it or somebody else would have done it, I mean, it would have eventually gotten out there. But like when my brother and I moved to Flagstaff, I mean, the concept of high-low training, I mean, if you really were a good coach like John Kellogg, you knew about that, but it wasn't it wasn't widespread, you know. But he went to – my brother went to the internet and said like, hey, where should I live if I'm going to do high-low training? Some guy who was a race walker, Mike Roll, said Flagstaff's great, so he went there. But if you look at it now – I mean, I think my brother does take some, he likes to brag. Sure. Everyone goes to Flagstaff now, right. you know, and Galen Rupp, the Nike Oregon Project and the Bowerman Track Club, they all do the high, the, the high altitude training. And I think that's probably the biggest difference between now and, and 20 years ago is all of the American runners or, or virtually all of them, I, I you know, um, train at altitude at some point during the year. Yeah, I mean, talk about the more about these American runners now. I mean, what you guys are covering now, I mean, we barely had a guy make the – 
Olympic marathon team back in 2000. Now you got Galen, you know, uh, you know, meddling at, at the uh, both in, in London and this year in the marathon. And then, like I said, the other six uh, medalists. I mean, before people tear you apart for that, he didn't medal in the marathon in London. It was uh, in the 10K. Yeah, that's what I well, mean. Well, I'm just, uh, yeah, would, right. trust me, he right. knows how people right. are going to pick you apart <laughs> right. for that. Right. I just want to save so, you from that but, I harassment. Mean, so, so we're not going to let you guys take all the credit, but is it just the training groups now that they have the enclave there and you know that Jerry has his group, Alberto has his group, and there's other groups and the Hansons across the country? Is that the difference? Um... I mean, I think I think that's a big part of it. Um, it it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think we had a perfect Olympics. I mean, how, how many medals did we win last year at the World Championships? It was just one. So, okay. I mean, if you look at everything went really well. But, yeah, why are we so much more competitive? That's a good question. You know, I, I mean, I heard an interesting podcast with my, Malcolm Gladwell, and he was talking about, you know, the – if it's all about resources now and altitude tents and ultra G's and anti-gravity treadmills, that's going to benefit America. So the focus on technology, I think definitely has, has played a part too. I mean, if when you look at Galen Rupp, I mean, the thing that, you know, the, the thing that blows me around with him is he's never been injured. So is that just because he's a biomechanical freak or is it also because, you know, ever since he's, 16 years old he's had access to underwater treadmills anti-gravity right. treadmills right, right. you know crazy stuff so um i think it's really a, a combination of um you know smart smart training technology um being together with other people and i and just i don't know i mean i, I the real question i always wondered and this is why we started one of the reasons why we started this website was why was it so bad you know, in the early 1990s. And that's what our coach could understand because the guys in the 80s were pretty good. Right. You know, Matt Centrowitz's Matt father, right. you know, I mean, these guys were, were legitimate, you know, Salazar, Alberto Salazar yeah, was right. winning it. So yeah. it just really, when, when America stopped training, you know, if you're trying to be in a marathoner and you're running 70 miles a week, you're not going to be, you know, you'll be good locally. I mean, 70 miles a week, for me now would be an astronaut, <laughs> right, right, like a two-month right. mo- total for me. But right. back, you know, I used to run 70 miles a week, you know, before Thursday was up in a week. So, right, right. Um, you know, I really think that people just got smarter about training. I don't know what caused them to run so little back in the early, late 80s, early 90s. So you, you Probably MTV. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. So you talked about, uh, we mentioned Matt Sensuitz, uh a couple times on, on uh, you know, with you here. Uh, he was in Baltimore a couple weeks ago, uh, and there was you wrote a story that got a lot of traction. Tell us about that story and him going to the uh, Orioles game. Well, uh, you know, as I said, I'm a huge Orioles fan. So um, during the game, like in the third inning, they, they, they sort of said, you know, Olympic gold medalist Matthew Sensuitz is here. And, you know, he stood up. He's like, waving. He was waving to the crowd. And I thought, well, why didn't they have him throw out the first pitch? Like, right. you know, you've seen other gold medals. I, I saw Katie Ledecky throw out the first pitch of the Nationals game. the Nats game, game yep. You know, with all of her gold medals. With and, Bryce yeah, Harper out and, there, yeah. And she was up in the booth. And right. I'm like, do the, do the Orioles just not like track? Or <laughs> right, right. What's going on? So, anyways, the next day when I when I picked up the Baltimore Sun, they had a little blurb, and it said, Fast in Rio, slow on the beltway or something <laughs> right. like that. So, apparently, Centrowitz um claims i don't know i don't know if claims is the right word but he got stuck in traffic showed up late for the game he was supposed to throw out the first pitch oh, okay so he didn't get to do that and then he admitted um not in a bad way but he admitted that he grew up as a yankees fan right, right. so i started a message board post like 
ridiculous. Sintwich shows up, misses first pitch, and admits he's a Yankees fan. Because, you know, as an Orioles fan, Yankees are... Oh, yeah, right. But, you know, I mean... The Yankees thing is because his family's from New York. He was saying he tried to do the Baltimore thing, so right. he was saying it in a nice way. So, um, And then, you know, I guess you guys are used to being criticized for your podcast mistakes. People are like, how dare you criticize the gold medals? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm saying I'm so excited by Matthew, I'm probably willing to forgive him of this transgression. But if I had the opportunity to throw that first pitch, I would be there. No doubt. Ahead of time. Yeah, so, I mean, that's it's funny to see what, what stories get traction. And that seems to me like those are the stories on your site and that's where what people really are drawn to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, really, the, I was thinking about the message board. Back in the early days, the message board really used to be like, first of all, you had to go there to get news. That's right. where it was. Like, Twitter didn't exist. It was like Twitter and BuzzFeed in one. Like, these these random articles about, you know, Centrowitz or... Right. Because the news didn't spread instantly when the internet was brand new. So if some crazy article you'd read about some crazy person in your hometown, somebody would, would find it in the home paper and then link to it, and then you would find it there. You'd find these stories that you never found. Nowadays, you know, your phone kind of knows what you're into. So you, <laughs> it know, you gives pick you it up, and Google's like, um, there's a web, there's a story here that you want to read, which is bad for me because I need people. To, I want you to come to my homepage and then read the article and then go to the message board. So at least three pages a day, people. <laughs> so... The Runner's World named you guys, both you and Weldon, uh, one of the top most 50 top influential uh, people in the sport of running. Uh, and they, they uh, used this quote. They said about both you and Weldon. They said the, they're the masterminds behind perhaps the most engaged online community of runners, particularly those on the fr- at the front of the pack, have also earned their stripes as tenacious watchdogs. Tenacious watchdogs. What does that mean? Um, is that the, is that the, the, the sensuous example? Are you a, you're a tenacious watchdog? So you're looking for, you know, him missing the first pitch and then you're putting that on the message board or what, what is that? I'd say it's more likely I'm, I'm looking for the person missing the drug test I and mean, it's really right. about doping. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that, I don't know, we started running and we were really into it and then we kind of the higher up you get, you start, you know, going to the elite athlete hotels and you hear rumors about people and, you know, it just was kind of like, wait, what's going on? And, and back when we started the website, there was a woman by the name of Regina Jacobs, who was a U.S. Olympian and she was, you know, close to 40 years old and she, she trained with her poodle and it was such a great right. marketing friendly strategy, but she was running faster and faster every year. And I just like, you know, and then they, they, they announced that they had, she made the Olympics in 2000. They announced they had an EPO test. And then she suddenly announced she wasn't going to the Olympics. And I thought that was very strange. So all I did was ask her a question about it. Um, so, you know, I just think that a lot of people sort of, it's a very small sport in the sense of like, a lot of people have conflicts of interest. You know, Runner's World is a great magazine, but they're dependent on shoe company advertising. Right. So do they really want to question these runners and, you know, Regina, I think, was a Mizuno athlete. Well, then maybe Mizuno won't advertise. And a lot of the athletes are obviously Nike. And then maybe Nike won't advertise. So we didn't have any advertising, so we didn't right. care. So uh, we would just, you know, I've always felt like the site is what I would want in a sports page. Like, you know, what I want to see covered, what I want to see asked. I mean, I don't know what these baseball writers, now being a baseball fan, like when these guys were jacking 70 home runs, right. like w- do they just not think to ask the question like, hey, what's going on here? Well, I got to give you guys credit. You guys are relentless in your coverage of drugs and drugs in the sport. Uh, you mentioned Regina Jacobs. I, I wanted to play this quick interview. Um, I think Weldon asked the question uh, to Justin Gatlin, and I want you to comment on it. And I, I will realize I asked the question to you and Tyson. Uh, I think Tyson covered that question. 
Well, you seem like you wanted to answer it. I, I, he answered I mean, the questions. But no I think a lot of people no would have more like. There's no more comment. You haven't really come clean about what happened in 2006. I, I said everything I had to say on that. So there's no comment. You can read all the articles. I mean, will you admit to there's taking no perform enhancing drugs? There's articles. There's, I had the articles, and there's no admitting to it. If you can go back and read it, if you're a history major, you can go back in the archives, go read those articles. So you still exactly. stick to the same story that you were the one Why guy. Why do I need to change it? When then? Where is it a change? So that Chris Westing is the one who. What does there need to change? Go ask Chris Westing. Who lives here, right? I don't know. Does he? You're the you're the reporter. Try to find out. Okay, didn't do that. Then. But until so then, I'm gonna answer these questions. Did over you here. see anyone else in until then, the Traverse I'm group ask, doping? I don't or? know anybody in those in those situations. That's I mean, do you understand how All some of the public that might I'm be? All I running a 200 meters to Prefontaine. That's why I know. I'm I get here. that, and it's amazing what you've well, done after you four that, years off. But then if you get that, then why are you asking these questions that happened a decade ago? You're not a history major. Because a lot of people don't you, believe you your history, story. Are you a history major? I was a history major. Actually. Good, really good. Then maybe you should go do that in a museum or something. Because I'm running track and field today and tomorrow and the next day after that, which is the future. That's why I'm here. Any questions? Any more? All right, so that, that was Weldon. And speaking to you know our point of you guys really asking the tough questions, I don't think track reporters ask the tough questions. I give Weldon major props and you guys major props for doing that. Justin Gatlin is like an American hero, you know, and um, you know for him to ask him those tough questions was was awesome. I love the comment. Are you a history major? Actually, I am. <laughs> I so um, yeah, I mean, it's, th- those we don't. I mean, you could you could almost solely every press conference by doing something like that. But we, so we don't do it that often. But it's like he's never really had Justin served a drug suspension. He's never really talked openly about it. So he just tried to get him to, to you know answer a few basic questions on it. Um, and it's kind of weird when we're at an event like that. We basically I re, it's like kind of like when we had to do something important as a kid and we were afraid to do it. Right. You know, it's like I remember one time begging him to ask her to go out to prom for me because I was scared to call her. <laughs> but it's like, all right, who's going to ask the question? <laughs> Is it you or me? You do it this time. No, I got it. So like we kind that of, is tough. Yeah. yeah. So um. Well, I think that's breaking news. I was going to ask another question. I was going to ask if uh, Weldon is now working in a museum. Right. But but actually, I want to investigate this uh, idea of of him asking a girl out to prom for you. It never happened. Never happened. But I, you know, we were we were a little shy. Mm-hmm. So. But I think I think we really need to explore this. Uh, the twins. Like yeah, a deeper in, dive into that. Yeah. Does it maybe worked when you guys were both running seventy miles up till Thursday, but maybe not now <laughs> when you when you've got thirty pounds on him. I know we we look less and less alike the older we get. It's amazing. People now are like, "You're not identical, are you?" I'm like, "Yes, we are." <laughs> yeah. So. so no hijinks like asking uh, a girl out. And what was the what was the craziest as as a youth that you guys fooled, you know, a teacher or somebody? The craziest thing you guys did with the switching places as twins one time like in the last day of school we tried to switch switch classes mm-hmm. but i knew that was never going to work because the other kids are going to be like they would call you know my name's robert they're like, hey, well i mean robert and so they were <laughs> doing it on purpose and the teacher was looking at me weird made me feel very uncomfortable i actually though um t- twice i've tried to get him to use my government id mm-hmm. once when we were coming home from college he got pulled over from for speeding or for something like that and I, we knew that he didn't have his license. He lost his license at the casino the night before. Right. Not a good story. So when the cop pulled uh, us over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like this might be a Justin Gatlin situation. Well, but My uh, mom might be listening. I don't right, remember right, what right, happened right, at the right, casino. Right. But um, when the cop, when the lights came on, I thought, like, we're heading home to Texas for the summer. I'm like, just, I'll take the Here. ticket. Yeah. 
because I knew it was going to be a problem if he didn't have his license, and he wouldn't do it. He's like, no. And then when he was looking for his passport, the cop thought that he was looking for a gun <laughs> and <laughs> threw him out of the car. It was very scary. Um, and then actually, when he went down to Rio last about two, three weeks ago, they wouldn't let him on the plane because his passport was a little bit crinkled and it wouldn't scan properly. So Because the cop roughed him up. Yeah, yeah, and he missed his flight. So I was like, okay, I'll FedEx you my passport. He's like, but the ticket's in my name. I'm like, oh, that won't work, and I don't want to actually do that. <laughs> but I've thought about it. Yeah, okay. Those are, those are good, good nuggets here. Well, Weldon is a really good card player, right? So he, he plays poker or something like that, so... Yeah, online poker. Online poker, okay. Well, he used to play online poker before. Right, before you can't play online poker anymore. Everyone so. thinks that we're big conservative people being from Texas, but <laughs> George W. Bush ended online poker. Yeah, I know, and that's I thought that was your guy, George yeah. W. Bush. But anyway, so that was before we could do a whole other show on... Um, yeah, him. We should. Yeah, it, and and we can get back. We can get back on topic here. Sorry yeah, about that. But, yeah. But those you just kind of like glossed over some really important <laughs> stories up here. here. Uh, so getting back on topic here, and we were talking about drugs and your relentless coverage of it uh, on the site. So you guys broke the story of Mo Trefay, uh the road racer who was never really busted, and then finally got busted after winning a number of U.S. titles and, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars later. Uh, how did that story uh, come out? Well, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, he was a guy that everyone thought was on drugs, and people said, well, how do you know? And I'm like, well, there's just a few easy-to-tell signals, and it's probably not – I mean, it's weird. I feel like I have a better gut instinct on who's on drugs, or at least five years ago I did before mm-hmm. the testing got a lot better. That, you know, because people could just sort of brazenly do it. But um, he would train for large parts of the time. He's an American, but he would train a lot of the time of the year in Morocco, mm-hmm. which is a very dirty past. And But no, he the weird thing about that was, so people have been speculating it for years on the message board about him being on drugs. And then all of a sudden, I think it was either he or his lawyer decided that they had been busted and they were going to come clean on the website and they wanted to give us the exclusive. Like, it made no <laughs> sense. Like, wait, you, he, I think he thought that, like, this is the only place that people really care about it. And he thought if he spun it right, we could somehow people would be sympathetic for him. It didn't really work out that way. <laughs> right. Because he sort of came again. It's like the Gatlin thing. He sort of came clean, but then he didn't really give you the details you want to know. Like America's a very forgiving society. We forgive politicians for everything. Just come up, admit you could practically admit to anything short of murder. And people would be like, oh, he's such a good guy. <laughs> he feels so bad about it. But right. you know, when you kind of when you feel it, the cover up is always worse than the crime. You know, Watergate, right? Right, right. So he broke the story. Right, Farley? I do know of Watergate, yes. I'm not very good with history. I'm not a history major like your brother. Weldon can tutor you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So so you guys broke that story. Uh, I had a question from, from Chris Lear, who's our mutual buddy here. Um, he wanted to know, in your opinion, of the lack of coverage of Alberto Salazar in the Olympics. He coached three medalists. Matthew, Mo, Mo Farah, and uh, and then Galen Rupp. Uh, to, and they, they, Mo had two gold medals, Matthew uh, a gold medal, and then Galen a, a bronze. But the coverage was never there for about Alberto or him coaching them uh, on NBC or anywhere else that I could see. Uh, do you think drugs had anything to do with that or the speculation or the uh, idea that maybe there's drugs – in his his group, did that have anything That's to do? That's an with interesting it? question. Um, Chris had mentioned that to me on the phone. I didn't know he was going to surprise me. <laughs> on the um, 
So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, that's a good point. I mean, what I said to Chris when Chris, I, I, I like to play devil's advocate and try right. to get I, my main point when I'm writing stuff is just try to get people to think. About, I think people are very bad about thinking about you know the alternative to your to your assumed argument. But you know, I said, well, do they really talk about Michael Phelps's coach? And Chris is like, but his response to that was, well, maybe not. But you know, I mean, they just his name's Bowman. I know that. So they, right. I know that. And they must have mentioned it because I know that much about it. But you know, he's like, this is different. Alberto Salazar is like American royalty. He won the New York Marathon. He won the Boston Marathon. Someone the general public would know. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that that's probably a good conspiracy theory by Chris. I mean, you know, there was an investigation, or there is ongoing investigation, and. There's been some questions about, you know, the assistant coach, Steve Magnus, came forward and said, you know, everything wasn't kosher, but, you know, nothing's obviously been charged or proven. And I think that, you know, Craig Mosbach, who's one of the announcers for NBC, he's a Nike employee. Yep. Um, that's not mentioned. There's a lot of conflicts of interest. So it's probably safer for them just not to mention him because if they mention him, then they're obviously going to have to talk about this other stuff that's hard to explain because it's hard for me to explain here. It is. Yeah. We had 10 minutes. Right. So that, that's a good point because they were showing, you know, fan, I mean, it's just a lot more. NBC is doing a packaged Olympics, which is easier and funner for the average fan to watch. It's to see Centro's dad going yeah. nuts in the stands <laughs> right. than to see. I mean, I'm sure Alberto's probably going equally as nuts. Right. Um, but then if you show that, then you got to explain, talk about that. So, um, okay, good answer. Well, I also think this comes to the point of I feel this happens more in track and field. Like you mentioned, Michael Phelps or like Katie Ledecky had amazing Olympic performances as well. And there's less of a question of. Are they on drugs? We're in track and field. Like every time there's an amazing performance, I feel like there's always a question of like, are they clean or are they dirty? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't, is that an American bias? Because Americans, we could never be on drugs, <laughs> you know, and most of the swimmers are American, you know, there's only swimming is really Australia, America, and a few European countries. It's not like Africa's great at swimming. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, that that's a good observation. Um, I don't know why that is. I, well, the thing I, I would say about swimming versus running is yeah. we also often think, too, that like – I mean, Chris wants to coach. Like, as a, as a running fan who doesn't know anything really about swimming, when I watch swimming, I don't think, oh, who's the coach that made this champion? True. I just think, okay. oh, Katie Ledecky's a genetic freak. So is Michael Phelps. So I'm sure that a lot – I mean, for some reason, a running or at least maybe the running nerds, we always think, oh, the coach did such a right. good job. But, you know, I mean, Matthew Shentowitz was winning medals at Oregon under the Oregon coach. And now he's doing well. You know, I think that with a big talent, anybody could coach him. I mean, I'm not saying that as a former college coach for 10 years, of course a coach has a role. But it's like any other sport. Like, you know, I mean, Bill Belichick, what was his record before Tom Brady when he was with the Cleveland Browns? It was not like good. Below 500. So. Right. All right. Very good points there. We'll move off the drugs. I, I did want to talk about the message boards, uh, the world famous message boards. And that's how I start every morning. Cup of tea, message boards. Good, good. Yeah. See, we have an admission, a female <laughs> visitor. People <laughs> accuse us of being like 95% male. It's, I don't think it's that high. Right. Um, so, you know. Yet Joanna is, it can, can testament, is a testament to that, uh, that there are some females uh, there's probably more dudes on there masquerading <laughs> themselves as females, but 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 there are a few catfishing, <laughs> catfishing right? Um, talk about like the message board, the importance of the message board. Maybe some rumors that have spread on the message board, or the craziest one, or the, mo uh, the most uh, fun one rumor that you've heard on the message board. Um, the message board. I guess my main. Thought to, warning to everyone would be: Do not cheat in a marathon. Do not cut the course. <laughs> yeah. If you cut the course, I don't care how fast you're running. Whether you're running a two-hour and fifteen-minute marathon, or whether you're running a four-hour 
and 55-minute marathon, you will be caught. Somebody <laughs> will notice it, and they'll put the damning evidence on Let'sRun.com, and you will eventually be exposed when the mainstream press picks it up. I mean, this guy Kip Witten was making up marathons. He was written about in The New Yorker. This guy Robert Young was faking a run across America. He's been exposed <laughs> through your website. Yep. yep. Finally, why was he looking right at me when he was saying this? <laughs> right. like, so he, weird, like... he could sense. He, he's got this sixth sense about people who will. That's how they're so good at catching these cheaters. Right. They can tell. But to be fair, I'm, I'm not talking about cheating in a marathon. I'm trying to plant a bear right. to, to attack, attack me you. at the 11th right, mile. Right, right. Like, you guys aren't going to expose that, would no. you? No, we'd be all for that. All right. <laughs> that would be a big story. My old coach was really into, into um, Bigfoot. So <laughs> I've been as many Bigfoot. Um, but you could really talk about anything. I, like, honestly, when I'm thinking about random questions in life, like, what oh what do people think about this? Like, I don't know where else to post board. it. I post it on the message board under anonymous name normally, um, but you know it, you can get interesting questions solved there. Let's you you just mentioned something uh, under an anonymous name. I think that that's one of the elements of the message boards right now is that there are a lot of anonymous uh, posters and and some people are pretty aggressive. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts about trying to? Uh, contain that or encourage that or or um, expose anybody who's who's uh, overly aggressive yeah I mean I think that's the biggest problem with the website I mean there's more than seven million posts on there uh, moderating is a big issue we don't really have a I mean we have volunteer moderators so I actually I, it's weird I'm on an Orioles forum and they have much more really strict like moderating and maybe mm -hmm. we should do that I mean I think the biggest most controversial aspect of the website is we don't require you to register. So you can register. I, I can post under Rojo and it says site co-founder. But I could also post her under, you know, you know, Orioles fan or something right, like that. Right, right. Um, and I, we, we did he that. He didn't want to give his yeah. uh, alias yeah, away. Exactly. <laughs> He's got five. The hesitation <laughs> cost yeah, me. Yeah, I know. Um, but, you know, I mean, for the most part, I mean, I, I feel like we, we, we consciously let people do that because it is a small world. I mean, people know people. I mean, even if I was at Cornell and I thought that the Yale coach wasn't doing a good job, I don't want to say that under my, on my own name. Like, yeah. you know, it's like p people might think, oh, he's bad-mouthing him or whatever. So we felt like more truthful information would come. But, you know, if somebody says something that's untrue, like the more specific an allegation is or, or a statement is, the more they need to back that up. So if some, a lot of time we, we delete a lot of stuff, like people complain and say, "Hey, that, you know, this has been written about me. It's not true." Okay, we'll delete it. Um, so it's definitely an issue. I, I thought maybe of like letting you, you still requiring everyone to register. So like that way, you know, my I, I could ban myself. Like if everything's under my name, Robert Johnson, let's run dot com, but I could post under my name or I could post under like Orioles fan. But that way, I could like if I, it's a problem poster, you could easily ban them. So you know, you let them have anonymity. But then I guess they would probably be fearful because I would know who they were. Even. <laughs> so you know, but I, you know, it's weird because since the website started, people complained about that. But what's the big, the big hot thing in social media for people under the age of twenty five? You know, Snapchat, right? Uh, all these things that disappear. disappear. So people do want that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, an issue. Another uh, big story that was broken on your website. Uh, with you mentioned people talk politics, Paul Ryan's bogus marathon PR. That was a big thing. How did that come about? Um, I don't know who somebody, I mean, I don't know. I, like, again, the site is, is made up of people who are really into running. So, 
you know, I think Paul Ryan, who was a vice presidential candidate, right? Right. I mean, he said that he ran like a 255 marathon, which is really good. I mean, right. my brother's only, you know, he's Bailey, basically one year older than Meb. Right. He, 10 years ago, he was trying to make the Olympics, almost made the Olympics. Now, 10 years later, he, I mean, he had to train for like six months just to break a three-hour marathon. Like A fit guy, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still not easy. Yeah, that is not, not easy to break a three-hour marathon. Right. So people are like, well, this guy's good. And they right. started looking into it, and they're like, how come we don't see the results online right. anywhere? So people just get curious and, and, and figure – I mean, I think that runners, for some reason – I don't know if we, if we all have a lot of time on these runs to run, <laughs> you know, we're bored and we're just like – that didn't make any sense. You know, there's certain things that just sometimes you think in your head, like, wait a minute – so it's amazing. You know, I think when you have a community, I mean, we have more than 1 million unique visitors every month. So when you have that many people just thinking about random things, they're going to they're gonna come up with some pretty interesting ideas. Well, it's also like you said earlier, the, the whole thing where you started the website because you only had at most four hours a day dedicated to running. Right. You have 20 more hours in the day to expose people expose on Paul the message Ryan. boards. <laughs> yeah. So all, all your elite runners looking for something else to do. It's true. Uh, all right. Well, I've I've hogged the the, the the question. So Joanna and Docs, I know wanted to, to jump in. So uh, Joanna. Um, well, first of all, how long have you and Walden been known as Rojo and and Weejo? Um, I picked up Rojo sophomore year of college, which would have oh well uh, would have been two thousand and no, um, would have been uh, nineteen ninety three or four. So so you're forty two. So yeah. That, I'm about, just right. about 20, 25 years. Yeah. You know, Rojo is short for Robert Johnson. And you know, there was Hojo, this guy that played for the Mets. That's right. So, um, Third baseman. I had quite a character as a college roommate. Who just, I don't know how he came up with that. And then somehow we have a twin brother. So people were like, what would he be? <laughs> Weldon is, so people, people said, we, Joe. But then a lot of people thought it was like, they thought it was like Hispanic, like Rojo and Guayjo. <laughs> so there's been a lot of debate about that. So, I mean, we did grow up in Texas. So, yeah. Um, but I think. The way we've pronounced it is Rojo and Weejo, but if you if, maybe we should we should start us like some guy from France wrote me last week and was like, hey, would you like to start a French version of the website? So maybe <laughs> we should have a Spanish version <laughs> as well. So you also said that you have volunteers who moderate the message boards, and and you and your brother both comment on the message boards too. So how much of that is like you? are looking at the message boards and then see something you want to comment on, or like you get a note from somebody that's like, oh, maybe you should like look at this thread. Um, well, we we have a report post function so if you see something objectionable you can report that yeah. so we always we that's what we well then i will look at we just look at those but i mean there's i only read the threads i'm interested in so people <laughs> think that like i have right. time to read seven million threads yeah, no. yeah. i just it's no different than me being a fan of the website i mean i go on there and then what i want to read about or what i want to talk about i mean one of our employees gets mad because he claims that like I'll, I'll brag that like if i start a, a thread like then i'll wake up the next morning and there'll be a lot of people talking about it he's like well, that's not fair because people like Half the people on there hate you. So I would say it's like a third. Like to, I think most people like me. But, yeah, I mean, I am kind of like a character on there. So people, if I post it, I do get a bigger response, I think. But um, but I, I really just read things that are interesting to me. I mean, but we do get emails. So if people email or call, I always say that we, when we have a contact us page and we put on there, we get tons of emails. Yeah. So if you really want to get us, pick up the phone. Yeah. 844 Let's Run. How yeah. cool was that? That's, That's really a real cool. phone number. Yeah. That is cool. Um, some of the highlights of my life have been when my threads make it to the front page. Um, but I also want to know what's... <laughs> enjoying. Exactly. Um, what's one of your favorite, like, U.S. running moments, like, throughout the, the history of U.S. running? Like, what's been a moment that just really stands out to you as being awesome or special? 
it's weird you ask because on the way down here, I was thinking about like, you know, like Centrowitz won the gold medal. That has not American had not won a gold medal in the middle distance or distance events in my entire life. Like right. 1972, I was not alive. <laughs> Frank Shorter. So, but it's weird to me, and this is somewhat always bothered me a little bit about running. But running is really about the future is more exciting than the present. Like we should still be jumping up and down for Centrowitz, but it's like no, who's the next great right. thing? You know, it's like Centrowitz will never be in my mind as good as Alan Webb. Even though Alan Webb never even got like top five in the, right. in the Olympics or Worlds, because Alan Webb was this prodigy and we all knew him and we followed him. Um, I, I mean, if I was, I don't know the greatest thing. I mean, I, I vividly remember watching Alan Webb run that 353 mile mm-hmm. and where I was. I was in New York for the weekend for some reason. Something with my mom probably wanted me to be sophisticated and go to a Broadway play or something. <laughs> right. And I like, left the hotel because. You know, there was no, you couldn't stream it to your phone like you could now. And I had to go next door to like this bar. And I was like, can you turn on NBC? And there was no sound. And I was just looking away. And I had, I had a watch in my hand because he, he wasn't in the lead. Right. And I, I saw the winning time was like 350 or something. I was like, he wasn't that far behind right. there. Is that 353? So that was a big moment. I mean, I, I think that these really unexpected. I mean, I think to come back from the Abyss, we're talking about how bad distance running was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when Ryan Hall ran that 59-43 American record in the half marathon one day in Houston, I mean, no one even knew he was running that race. All of a sudden, you wake up and let's run, and it's like, boom, like, oh my God, Ryan Hall. I mean, now there would be anticipation of that race, because people would be talking about sure. it. Back then, you kind of just would wake up, and someone's like, oh my God, he did this. Um, that was really exciting to have a great American marathoner. So I remember getting up at like 3 in the morning to watch him run the London Marathon. <laughs> So that was pretty exciting. And then, I mean, Meb's medals and I can't pick one. That's not fair. (laughs) I'm sure all all the agents are listening too, and then they complain. (laughs) You slighted my guy. Um, Well, the other thing I want to know is the, can you pinpoint the moment that you became like a track and field nerd? Like the moment that you said to yourself, like this, like I'm totally invested in this. I'm a total nerd. Because I know my moment. So I'm just wondering if you have yours. Yeah. No, it's weird. I was back in my 20th uh, college reunion spring and you know I, I bumped into one of my roommates actually from junior and senior year i had not seen since junior <laughs> senior year and he, I, he asked me what i was doing i told him he's like that is so good he's like you were obsessed with that in college <laughs> and remember i wasn't on the team he's like what he's like oh yeah you were just on that email and it would beep and you'd run over the computer to read track it's <laughs> all you would talk about and i'm like really so um i mean i think really in high school you're kind of looking for an identity mm-hmm. um and our team was pretty good. We had four guys in my grade that were really good at running. So we did, it was just this little tiny private school conference. But I would I went into the – and we, had, we were in Texas, but one of the schools was in Oklahoma. And I went into the, like, Dallas Public Library and got the Oklahoma paper and got a microfilm to see how our rival was doing because you didn't know how they were doing. Right. And I saw their times, and we won all of our three years except for our senior year, which is really doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> But I was, like, researching that. So I guess – you know, then and then my, my um, I get a lot of credit to my uncle. He actually took my brother and I the Olympic trials in 1992 were in, in New Orleans. So that was our first. We'd never been to a track meet. Um, actually, back then, I think they had like track meets in the Dallas Mavericks mm-hmm. arena. We went to one of those as a kid. But I don't remember. We done like, my mom did a charity road race one time. <laughs> but I think really I think once we got into college, um, we went to Olympic trials and that was exciting. And then 
I just wanted more and more information than that email list sort of started. So I, I would say really 92 Olympic trials, maybe. What was your moment, Juliana? So it was actually surprisingly late in my life. Really? Um, yeah, because I really, I was a really big swimming fan for a long time and I really liked soccer. But in 2011, when I was watching the cross country world championships, uh, Shalane Flanagan made a move in the race and I was watching and I just was like, oh my God, oh my God. And that's when the moment that I was like, oh my God, I'm really invested in track and field. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to call bluff on this story here you were already watching the cross-country world championship yeah, so at <laughs> some level that's kind of like me it's like at some level i was already in the stands at the olympic trials like that's fair that's fair but i just feel like that was like the moment that i was like all right like i'm committed to this yeah and i think it helped once you get committed it becomes much more exciting because you know otherwise if you don't know that it's shocking that Shalene Flanagan's winning that race you know it's like yeah. you're not as excited you're like well they're doing well but america always does well you know like no it's like and that's one of the things we try to do on the website now is like we, we do – I mean I think when the website started, a lot of it was just providing the information. So what, what could you not get 15 years ago? It was information about running mm-hmm. like quickly. Now there's tons of information. Now what we try to do is give you a more analysis. So like we'll try to preview stuff ahead of time so you can anticipate it and then afterwards sort of like tell you what it all meant because you can see it now. You can watch it. So um, it's always changing though. World's changing. Oh, absolutely. So it, I think this is going to be like a, the Chris Farley show kind of question. Uh, basically, a, do you remember? Uh, <laughs> but I have a very bad memory. <laughs> mm. Well, this has been since, since the 2002 U.S. National Championships. I've been wondering because I actually met you at, at Stanford. And then we went to a party with the Nike Farm team that with night. A pool party, right? Well, I'm, pool there. but my recollection is that you guys didn't didn't make it, and we had, and there was like a series of voicemails on Farley's phone about doing like army low crawls through the bushes and like trying to find the apartment. Uh, and I was always curious; I could never figure out why you guys were doing an army low crawl through the bushes in the apartment complex. It was like the farm team's apartment. You don't you recall this at all? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I mean, I remember going to a party out, and there was a pool. But I went to that yeah. party. But I, I don't know. I remember when I lived in D.C. one time. For some reason, I lived with two girls. One of them was coached by Central Senior, but I lived right by mm-hmm. the National Cathedral. Yeah. And one time we were coming home from a night out, and for some reason we decided to practice bomb raids. Like people worried about bombs, so like, yeah. Someone made someone made a siren noise, and then we all practiced jumping on the ground and crawling into the bushes, like as if a nuclear bomb was coming. Not that that would help us, but <laughs> I think <laughs> so, I think this I answers know. the question. Yeah, yeah. I think this answers the question. It doesn't make any because, I, because I have, I've done them. I don't know I, why I, I thought that was a good idea after I, I do think I do think we were connected <laughs> because of that mutual friend. That girl, I think my brother might have been dating her at one point. All right, so. You mentioned that you have about a million unique visitors to the site every single month. That's incredible. I mean, did you ever imagine that would be the case, number one? And number two, where does the site go from here? Do you sell the site? What do you do with this site? Venture capitalists would be happy <laughs> to sell for $20 million. Okay. Um, I mean, it started as a hobby. I mean, yeah. we just, it was something we did. I mean, even four years ago in 2012, I, I came to watch the Olympic 10,000 with my Ethiopian friend. I didn't Yeah. This was this Olympics. I was sitting in my computer for ten hours a day, like writing recaps. <laughs> you know, there's a guy from. We're gonna. There's someone's doing a profile on us in Outside Magazine, and like we'd stay up to like three a.m. after the Olympic trials. He spent the week with us. He's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm writing five thousand words about our two minute race." Like, right. It's kind of obsessive, but we enjoy it. Um, 
you know, it started as a hobby and then it kind of took off and now it's a job. And, you know, my, my brother actually went to business school one year, um, you know, to figure out what he wanted to do with his life. And then he stopped after one year because the lady at business school is like, you already have this website and you really like it and it's successful. So please just go back and yeah. do that. And, so, and, and I was going to say, you guys have given up. You were a coach at Cornell. Your brother was at Stanford Business School, right? Uh, or was going to go to Stanford. Yeah. So you guys have given up great opportunities or decided to do this instead of great opportunities. I always said I wanted a job where I could watch any sporting event whenever I wanted to. Like when I was first out of college and I, like the World Cup or something was going on, I was like, what do you mean I can't watch this game? <laughs> right. So now I can like take off. Like, right. I'm, I'm a, it's hard to be your own boss though because there's no one to discipline yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's But the- um, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that there's a lot of, you know, like, I feel like, I mean, I've, we always say this, and when we, when we hired some staff members like last year or the year before, it's like, oh, we're going to branch out into so many different things. Like, we should have a training website, and we should have a, maybe we have a women's website or a high school website or, you know, a calendar, a race calendar, or I actually thought about, like, what about a Wikipedia for, like, a wiki, like, where we have, like, a bio of Alan Webb and, right. you know, that type of stuff. And my newest thing, I don't know if it would be really that popular, but I'm obsessed with, like, a celebrity running website, like... I just want a list of like all the people ranked like Oprah Winfrey right. versus like Al Gore versus George Bush versus you mean Troy hi- You mean hypothetical but realistic race results? No, like you like find a, their real race results. Uh-huh. And maybe we like, you know, maybe we adjust for age, uh-huh. maybe even for sex. Right. So we can say, you know, like, oh, a seven-year-old celebrity ran a nine-minute mile. And if you got to adjust for a distance, so we convert everything. What do you think we should convert it to? Like, should we convert everything? Do you think we should convert everything to like – you know, a 5K or a marathon or mile. I we, like but, the 5K. Yeah, so but, we have, like, you know, this person ran the equivalent of this time, and then we have a ranking. Like, you know, it'd be kind of cool. I mean, yeah, like the tr- I, I like it because it reminds yeah. me of um, one of my other favorite things is Top Gear, and they have the celebrities that do the lap. Nobody watches Top Gear? No. I know what you're, I know what you're talking about, but we're sharing a microphone, so I couldn't chime in. <laughs> Well, I, I like the, I would like to know how I stack up against the drummer from Pearl Jam. Which one? <laughs> oh, do they both run? <laughs> They've had five. Oh, really? Well, the one that runs. Is it the drummer the, from Pearl Jam? No, the guitarist. The guitarist. Yeah. I'd like to know how I stack up against the guitarist from Pearl Jam. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And I, want, I always wonder, like, so you were a swimming fan. Like, is there a swimming website? There must be, right? And, like, maybe we should have a sprint website. Yeah, letswim.com. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I, I thought about any community, you know, like, do you think a self-driving car website would work? My brother's like, what is it going to be like? I'm like, well, no, there's like positives and negatives. Like, is that for the cars? I don't get it. What about people to talk about? Right. Like how there's going to be no taxi drivers left. And I mean, I guess we can drink more, but there's going to be no jobs. Like, what are we going to do? How, why are we going to need a car if we don't have a job to go to? It's true. So, um, all right. Well, you got, a, you got no shortage of, of great ideas. Uh, but, uh, I think, I'd stay for me if I was giving you I'd stick to the running. I think you guys are doing a phenomenal job. It is the go-to site for all things running, and it isn't just. I mean, I think you guys are, are kind of labeled as more elite, but I think it is all things running. You agree? Yeah, I mean, I I don't like the word elite. It's just more like the the front page is about the sport of running. Whoever, if you follow the sport of running, you don't need to be fast to do that. You know, I mean. I'm not good at football and I'm big, I'm a big NFL fan. Right. So, um, you know, I, I actually think maybe that's one of the things I would like to do is like 
I always say it's not really a how-to site. I mean, you can find that information on the message board. I mean, you can put, you can click on training and get advice there. But, um, you know, I, I, maybe that'd be the new website. Like, you know, let's jog.com <laughs> to help people. You know, I mean, it's hard for me now, like not having been running, like running is so easy when you're in shape right. and you just are in college and you go out and run 10, no question. You run 10 miles before, before you go to class. You don't even think about it. Like I'm like, now I'm like, how did I get from, you know, like, I don't want to admit, confess to how little it is, but like, how do I get to 20 miles a week? Like right. it's hard. Like I'll run. If I run for like 45 minutes, I'm sore for three days. <laughs> right. So on the third day, I'm like, do I run today or do I take off another day? And then I thought about posting that question on the message board. Then I'm like, wait, they'll make fun of me. <laughs> Well, you can answer that question on his message board. Let him know. Help the guy out. Help Robert out so he doesn't have to, you know, swallow crow and answer or have to ask that question to all the uh, uh, fans of the message board. All right, Robert. Well, we've 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 covered a lot. Maybe most importantly, we we have uh, verified that you were the faster of the uh, Johnson brothers. Is it from ninth grade? You were. Definitely. F- I, I didn't lose it all to him in ninth grade. Then a devastating injury cost me there. <laughs> it cost you and then, from uh, there on out. Yeah. I, I remember actually before he got good at the marathon, like I, I was focused on the marathon. So I, I thought I was going to beat his PR. Yeah. It was really going to be exciting. But now I'm going to have to wait. Like maybe I can outlive him and then I'll beat his, <laughs> <laughs> beat his PR. But Right. Well, we, we challenge the uh, listeners and the uh, message board followers, uh, Talk about this interview on the message board. Uh, let 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 Robert let let Robert know how he did on the interview today. Because generally, I think message board people and just social media media in general is just to beat people up and beat them down. So I'd be interested to see what the people think of. And of I would like for you to focus on either Farley or Robert, and not <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, uh, I think one thing. See. I think people do appreciate podcasts. So you guys yeah. make it the, the only people that you really, I mean, the most vocal people are always the critics. It's right. easy to be a critic. Of course. But you know, if you guys are worried about it, you had to threat, act like you canceled your podcast <laughs> and then people, oh, I really miss it. Right. I love it. You know, like we, like an April fools, we always have an April fools edition. Right. Like we act one day. We said the shite shut down. People are like, no, right. right. All you of know? a sudden people or, love this. I did a brief podcast where I used to talk to coaches, other coaches and stuff like that. And I, you know, people, when I stopped doing it, people were like, oh, I really miss it. I'm like, oh, thank you. That's, <laughs> so, you know. That's great. Good, good advice. Maybe we should tell everybody. Good, good advice episode. for our last show. Last, uh, <laughs> yeah, last, thank you. Yeah, last guest on the program. I mean, how are you going to top me being That's a That's a good point. Please, uh, don't, please don't tell me Walden is the guest. Next <laughs> right, exactly. Really All right, that's Robert Johnson. He is the co-founder of the site, letsrun.com. Check out the site if you have it. I'm sure you have. Awesome site. It's where your dreams become reality. Robert, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, go ahead. I forgot that the site is Malcolm Gladwell's favorite site. That's is it really? Of, yeah, oh, that's famous awesome. author. We talked about Malcolm Gladwell on the show a couple yeah. weeks ago. And yeah, I'm really yeah. not into Twitter, but do you all know who John Legary? I think it's John Legare. He's the CEO of T-Mobile. I, I do use T-Mobile. Yeah. I was looking at it. He's got like millions of Twitter followers. He only follows 199 people. He follows Let's our Twitter account. He's a big track fan. So That's awesome. Yeah, it makes me feel good. Well, John and Malcolm, if you're listening, uh, thanks for listening to our program. And thanks for being a fan of uh, Let's Run.com and Pace the Nation, hopefully in the future. All right. That's Robert Johnson. Thanks again. This is Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this.
All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks again to Robert Johnson from Let'sRun.com for joining us. He is the co-founder of Let'sRun.com. I think I was calling him something different earlier on, but co-founder is what he uh, said to call him. So co-founder of Let's Run, Robert Johnson. Thanks again for joining us on the program. I don't want to be duped. Uh, That was Weldon Johnson. I just want to go on the record. I just want to go on the record right now. I knew. You knew I could the tell. Whole time? I could tell. They were playing the old. Uh, yeah, yeah. Switcheroo. Yeah, I, I, I like parent you, trap. They I, played I, the old parent trap on us. I liked how you called him on that, or at least stopped him in his tracks. Yeah, just kind of glossed over. He, he glossed yeah. over it. Yeah. Maybe that at that point he uh, knew that he was that you might have been on to him. Yeah, he did start sweating. <laughs> he did, no doubt. You could tell. Uh, so thanks again to Robert Johnson, or maybe it was Weldon. For joining us, A. On Johnson, <laughs> one, one, one of the Wee Joes or Rojos for joining us. Awesome site, letsrun.com. Uh, go check that out today. Um, so we were talking to him as he was as le- leaving about uh, kids and all that stuff. And are we going back a- another kid story? Well, you know, he was mentioning you know kids going back to uh-huh. school, and I just wanted to get this in there. Okay, uh-huh. I just wanted to mention get this off my chest for you guys. Can I? Can Joanna and I guess real quick? Well, it's sort I of, have a guess. All right, go ahead. Is this a social media yes, thing? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, is this the first day of school pictures yes. on social media? Yes. Okay. <laughs> if you have a kid going to school and a little chalkboard mm-hmm. with third grade, age whatever, uh-huh. first day of school, yeah. go fly a kite. Okay? Uh-huh. Do something different. Uh-huh. I'm so tired of seeing these <laughs> pictures of everybody headed off to their first day of school. Okay, everybody bookmark this. My social media. No, no, no. Yeah, what was are you going to do for your kid? Yeah, he's going to do this. No, he's going to do this. I'm not. Everybody bookmark this day. No, I'm bookmark not. this podcast and play it for so, Farley yeah, when September James goes 8th. to kindergarten. I just, I, th- to me, those are those are cute pictures that you share amongst family members. Like mm-hmm. I don't need them flooding my timeline. Uh-huh. Gosh. Okay. Well, you, That's you just have, you have nothing. Uh, to I want to. I want to just point out some semantics here okay. that that you have chosen to follow these people. Mm-hmm. So you've chosen your timeline. Yes, but then I feel like if I unfollow them, then they're going to know that I unfollowed them because they put the goofy kid picture uh, up there, and I, I don't so dislike their kids. They'd so rather talk about them behind their back on a on a public <laughs> yes, podcast. I just want them to know <laughs> it's it's you know I I think it's it's less confrontational. So they hear and then they you know. Maybe yeah. wean themselves off from the kids' pictures. No, they're not going to do that, and they would not care less if you stopped following them. Well, <laughs> they could care less. I don't want to. I don't think them. that what, before people post pictures, they're like, "What does Chris Farley mm-hmm. think of this picture?" Yeah, actually, no, I think it just encourages people. I'm going to go take pictures of people's kids on their first day of school. <laughs> I just post that on my timeline. I just maybe uh, you know maybe I'm underslept. I don't know, but probably not. No, you're usually a jerk about social media. <laughs> I just think that's another rule. Uh, that you should follow if you're going to do social media correctly. No pictures of your kids with a sign. I mean, if they're heading off to school for the first day, fine, but no signs that are pre-made and manufactured. What can people post on social media? (laughs) They can post like authentic. I I like candid stuff, you know, like stuff that that, that just sort of happens, not posed, um, you know, garbage like that. So, I just want to give myself credit. I said fly a kite. Mm-hmm. Nothing too bad. Mm-hmm. That actually sounds like a fun activity. Yeah, nothing too bad. But it's like I, I wish I wish you would tell me to fly a kite. If you're doing that, 
If you take pictures of your nieces, uh-huh. docs, go fly a kite. Cool. With I mean, pictures of your nieces are great, but just uh-huh. post pictures with signs that they're holding that says first day of X grade, X number of years right. old. What do they want to be when they grow up? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's do better next year this time, guys. Mm-hmm. You can. I, I, I have faith in you. So, are you going to suggest something, or do you just say, like, you have faith in, in, in everybody that they could come up with uh, something Something else? better, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely, I, I'm, I'm going to suggest not doing that. I'm also mm-hmm. going to suggest more candid. I like candid pictures, mm-hmm. not post-staged pictures. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take those post-staged pictures, those are for you to share on a text message string. Okay, mm-hmm. a group text, a group text, mm-hmm. maybe a group me, mm-hmm. or maybe a closed forum um, somehow on Instagram or Facebook or something like mm-hmm. that. All right. Well, okay. I I think you're in the minority here, and I think people are just going to start blocking you on social media. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Well, I probably am not a very good follow anyway. Joanna, <laughs> did you post a picture of yourself first day back to work? No, but now I'm thinking I should have. No, please don't. don't. Well, you can follow this show on social media. It's at Pace the Nation. Uh, So tweet us. Let us know what you thought of Robert. Let us know what you think of my social media rules. Let us know what you think of London and Luigi together. Let us know what you think of Joanna's vacation. Anything. Everything. Sure. Open forum. It's at Pace the Nation. This podcast is also sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. We also have a location in Princeton where one Robert Johnson went to college. Princeton, New Jersey, 7 Palmer Square is our sixth Pacers location. All right, before we get out of here, guys, uh, Joanna, please tell me you have some sort of travel story for us. Um, I do, Good. and it involves a car. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Car stories are the best. <laughs> Exciting, okay. Um, so my friend has a Land Rover and she lives in Salt Lake City and I kind of mocked this because like, why do you need a Land Rover in Salt Lake City? But we took the Land Rover with us. Why would you mock a Land Rover in Salt Lake City? I don't get it. Cause it's just where, her generation. <laughs> where are you going to go off-roading in the city? Okay. I, I, I don't know. Salt Lake City sounds like, I guess it does have the word city in there. So. Yeah. Right. So in any case, so we take the Land Rover with us to uh, Utah, to the, um, the state park. So we're in Canyonland State Park and we see on the map that there's a uh, an off-roading shortcut so instead of going all the way around to exit we're like let's mm. take the off-roading shortcut we're in an off-roading car of course but and in the beginning it's just like kind of like a dirt gravel road and we're like this is off-roading like whatever this is so easy and then it got pretty aggressive so we're at the top <laughs> of the canyon and this little narrow winding switchback r- dirt road takes you to the bottom of the canyon and at one point, it is like a straight vertical drop. And I just like didn't see any way that the car is not going to just like bottom out and end up vertical, oh. like on the side of this. And it's all rocks beneath you. So I would have reversed my way out <laughs> yeah. of there back to the long route. Well, I, when, I, when, yeah. when we get to this really steep part, it's like all rocks underneath of us. Then it starts to rain. And it's like a really aggressive storm. It's really windy. So you can like hear the wind going around outside. And then the rocks above us start to fall onto the car. Uh-huh. And we're like on this, you know, steep part of the the road and i was just like this might this might be it it. like Uh this is so i'm like holding on to the seat bracing myself for impact right (laughs) um and then after we make it past that part then a rock had fallen across the road so like we weren't also sure if the car would be able to fit underneath of the rock to continue down the path yeah -uh. 
but we made it, obviously, because I'm here. Yeah, you're here, but how did you make it? Was well, it luckily I wasn't driving. Okay. <laughs> um, so credit to the driver, um, but it was a, it was actually a lot of fun. And the driver, while this was all happening, he he says, um, "I know this is a really tense situation, but this is awesome." The driver said that. Yeah. Uh, I I would a I would have hated being the driver. Absolutely hated it. Uh, B I would have not really liked being the passenger. I kind of want to make fun of Farley because he hates it when we drive over like the Delaware Memorial Bridge. Oh, I can't look uh, down. Yeah. So I know he would have hated it. But Every but I can't make fun of you, Farley, because I would have hated being <laughs> in that situation. I would have I would have like. It was, I actually thought it was pretty awesome. It was and it was really cool to experience the canyon that way. Sure. Up close and personal. Yeah, I could have gone the long, long route. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at pictures of Land Rovers online, mm-hmm. and they do uh, a pretty good job of going off-road. There's well, a number of off-road pictures here. And the great thing about Land Rovers is they actually have a setting where it raises up the car. And I don't know if we if we didn't have that setting, I think that we would have been stuck at that really steep part. But luckily, Land Rovers r- can raise themselves up. And then she had to turn that off to get under the rock. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you guys think of that? No. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you made it out alive. Always interesting uh, when Joanna is traveling by car. Mm-hmm. Nothing. The plane ride out there, I'm sure, was fine. Yeah. All my plane but rides were pretty yeah, uneventful it's, it's, and boring. It's always in the car, the Uber driver, Land Rover experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for that update. All right, guys. Good show. Glad to be back in studio. We'll be back again next week. Today, thanks for to uh, Robert Johnson for joining us. He's of Let's Run.com. Again, check that website out, Let's Run.com. Post something in the message board. Talk about how great I am. Or, you know, Docs or Joanna. Preferably me. Uh, talk about how great Robert was on the show. Because he was great. Thanks for making the trek from Baltimore into the city here in Arlington. Thanks to our intern, Kelly. We'll get to the tweets next week. And thanks to the co-hosts, Joanna, Docs, and I'm Chris Farley. We'll see you next week. This is Pace the Nation. see orange is the new black mm-hmm. did you watch the new season mm-hmm. so you know when um daya's mom has her go to summer camp mm-hmm. 
and she like has a great time and she like gets her hair yeah. braided and she like wants to be an artist and then yeah. they like go back to the inner city that's like yeah. how i felt with luigi because <laughs> our dog park is like so pitiful and he like yeah. went in there and he's kind of like oh all right <laughs>